Have you ever wondered how you might share your nursing passion and interests with the world? Let's talk with the host of the Good Nurse, Bad Nurse podcast right here on episode 219 of the Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful you're listening, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the airwaves for months or maybe even years. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and hopefully very inspired direction. And did you know that you can leave a rating and review for the Nurse Keith Show over on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or anywhere else where you get your podcasts that really helps other people find the show. And I would appreciate if you would do it for me pretty, pretty please. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along over at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number two one nine. Anyway, we are joined here by Tina Vincent, who is the host and the mastermind behind the Good Nurse, Bad Nurse podcast. Tina, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you. This is actually the end of Nurses Week 2019 when we're sitting recording this. And we actually just recorded an episode of your podcast together, right? That's right. (laughs) That was really, really super fun. And I know you've been a nurse for four years. You've worked in cardiac step down, telephone triage. You work in progressive care now. We'll talk more about your history and what you do and why you do it and what brought you to be a podcaster, et cetera. So we're going to dive right in. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So the first thing I just want to ask you is what brought you into podcasting? What sparked this notion? Like I want to be a nurse podcaster. Yeah. Well, I sort of found out about podcasts just maybe a year and a half ago or so. My sister sort of turned me on to it. She tried to suggest it because she and I listen to audiobooks together. She lives in a completely different state. So we sort of have this little informal book club where we text each other and, you know, what are you reading? That sort of thing. And we'll listen to, to books. And then she said, oh, have you ever heard of podcasts? They're, they're kind of neat. And I thought, that sounds horrible. I don't want to hear that. Because um, I, I guess I was thinking talk radio and that doesn't sound very appealing to me. And so I wasn't interested and I just didn't listen. And then one day I didn't have a book to listen to. I was desperate for something to just listen to while I was in the car. And I thought, okay, fine, Tammy, I'll listen. And so I um, pulled up a podcast, started listening. And it was like a true crime podcast. And I could not believe it. I was so hooked. I, I one episode after another after another. And then I thought, hey, is there any nursing like podcasts like this. And and then I found your podcast and I found some others and I was like, this is awesome. So then I was trying to find like a true crime spin. Is there like a medical, you know, because that's, I, it's just interesting to me. Couldn't find it. And I just thought, I wonder if I could do it. So it just sort of accidentally, I, I found someone at work who was willing to crazy enough to try it with me. And without any... <laughs> any training whatsoever. I just, the way I tend to do things, you know, jump in head first, don't look, don't ask, just jump. Mm -hmm. And 
we just recorded an episode and then my husband helped me uh, figure out how to get it out into podcast world. And there it went. And I, and I just immediately, he said, it's cheaper to do a whole year instead of month to month. So I paid for an entire That's year. Great. So That's great. I, I know I had to at least do a year. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And what I really like about what you've done here is you've taken your interest in true crime stories and you've created a podcast. And for any listener out there who hasn't heard it yet, you cover stories of good nurses and bad nurses and good doctors and bad doctors. And you tend to go for you know, all sorts of different stories and you mix it up. So it keeps it really fresh and really interesting. And the other thing I like about your show is that you have guest hosts, like you had me on as a guest host with you that we recorded today. So you get all these different voices talking with you about these really interesting and sometimes bizarre and sometimes frightening stories. Yeah, exactly. And I love that this hobby that I've just somehow acquired this past year has allowed me to meet all these wonderful, interesting people in the medical profession and several nurses, some in other, other types of medical professions. Like, uh, I think I talked with a x-ray technologist at one point. Um, and I can't remember all of their different titles, but one of them worked at an eye doctor's office and I talked with a medical receptionist once and a certified nursing technician. And um, so all of the different people that I've been able to meet has just been, I guess, just sort of serendipitous. Just I'd never expected to do this. I didn't really expect, you know, to get to meet all these people. And it's turned out to be the most rewarding thing ever to just get to talk to all these people all over the really all over the world. I did an episode with a nurse in London. I did an episode with a nurse in Scotland. Um, so I'm getting to talk to people everywhere. That's it's fun, isn't it? It's super fun. And I've only started having guests on this show since sometime right before episode 200. So I did about 194 solo episodes. So now having people to talk to, it's like, whoa, I have a new lease on my podcasting life. And I, I want to tell any listener out there who's thinking about you know, checking out your show. I just, I highlighted a couple episodes that I thought were really, just really interesting. And I wanted to mention you were joined on one episode by this very hilarious nurse who made a video or video was made of her trying to put a fitted sheet on a $30,000 hospital bed. <laughs> I haven't seen that video. I have to look it up. And if I can find it or you can send it to me, I'll put it in the show notes. But it was a hilarious viral video, which I just have to have to see. And then on the same show, you talk about this bizarre case of a nurse who tried to hire a hitman on the dark web. And then you talked about a wonderful nurse assistant in Mexico who volunteers to drive an ambulance every week to the border and helps people who are seeking asylum and need medical attention. Yes. So this is really incredible. And the nurse who did that video about putting the fitted sheet on her on the hospital bed, she also sings a song on your episode. So yes. there's some really incredible stuff that you're talking about here on your show. And I love how you go from the, you know, this stuff happening on the dark web to 
beautiful things happening in the world. And I just really want to appreciate that and call my listeners' attention to this because this is a really awesome awesome form of, I guess we can call it edutainment. So there's education <laughs> and there's information too. So you're entertaining people because these are pretty interesting stories, but then you're also teaching about all different aspects of nursing and medicine and healthcare. So kudos to you, props to you for for making this happen. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Carabelle McPeak uh, is the nurse that did that that video. She does a lot of videos. She has a YouTube channel. She has an Instagram, Carabelle McPeak. She, Facebook, that one that you're talking about that she did with the, with the, the bed. It was so funny. The first day that I saw that on Facebook, it literally the weekend before I had been laughing about this with another, with a CNA. We were literally trying to do this, put a sheet on the bed and we were, we almost like got you know, you're not, you're not supposed to laugh and, and you save that stuff for the break room. But um, when we're trying to do this and you can't, the thing doesn't fit. It's like, you know, it's half the size it's supposed to be. And so we about lost it trying to get, trying to make this poor woman's bed. And then literally like two days later, I see it on Facebook and I sent it. And I was like, you got to see this video. This is literally us the other day trying to make, make that great. bed. That's so great. that's, I, I immediately sent Kara this, um, an email. I said, is there any way you would be willing to, cause I know she had to have been getting people contacting her cause she got something like five or 6 million views on that as soon as she released it. And it's got a whole lot more since then, but she responded back to me and I was like, I can't believe you responded back. And then she not only did she respond back, but she did an episode with me. She was so nice of her to do that. And I really appreciated it. That's great. That's really fun. And I can tell you're having a lot of fun with it. And that's what, when we do these sorts of things, whether it's a hobby or it's a calling or we're actually making money at it, you know, once in a while, some people make money at podcasting. I don't make very much, but it's a labor of love. But you know, when you find something that can light your fire outside of the workplace, I think it's always a good thing. So do you, do you see this as one of the ways in which you maybe blow off steam or process stuff that's going on in your mind and the stuff you read? And is it, does this, does doing the podcast, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> I'm not saying it very well, is <laughs> Do you see doing the podcast as like a, as a benefit to you in some way? How does it, what does it bring to your life? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Nursing can be a very frustrating profession because you, we deal with things sometimes at the bedside that we can't, you, you can't talk, you know, you, you have to have two faces. You got to have the face for the patient and you want to be strong for them and you want to just just put on that, you know, not necessarily happy, but just put on a good game face for them because they need you to do that. They need you to be strong. Um, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean we can't show emotion because sometimes I, you know, they want to see that you have a heart. They don't want you to just be stoic and, you know, but, um, but at the same time, you, you kind of have to pull it together and, and take care of people. There's times when patients die on our floor all the time where I work. Mm. Right. Because um, this is progressive care, right? That's what you right. do right now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it's, we deal with death at least a couple times a month when I'm there. And so it's never an easy thing ever. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter even if it's a, a situation where a patient is 
you know, had, has lived a good long life and they have lots of family around them and they've maybe had to be put on comfort measures and they, they did, were able to pass peacefully, which is about the best situation. Maybe not, I would prefer them probably not to be um, at the hospital, but if they have to, you know, be at the hospital, it's maybe the best situation. Even then it's, it's, it's death. It's not easy to deal with, but when you're at work, you've got to take care of people. You have to keep going. Um, and so, yeah, you come home and that's when you, the decompression happens. And if you don't have some way to just release all that stuff, and it's not just about the, you know, dealing with death, there's also frustrations of, you know, staffing issues and feeling like you're not appreciated, or getting yelled at by patients, getting hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, it's not, and I do, uh, my listeners knows I, I deal with a lot of things through humor. I do laugh at things that probably most people wouldn't laugh at. I don't know why I'm like that. I'm that person that I'm in a funeral. I want to laugh. I don't know why. I just like, it's horrible. I'll be in a situation where I'm not supposed to laugh and then I'm going to, something that's going to strike me as funny and well, then it's going to, I have to get up okay. and leave. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, Joni Mitchell has an old song from the seventies and she says that laughing and crying are the same release. It gets you yeah. to the same place in the end. And sometimes people laugh out of nervousness, you know, and nurses also have this certain gallows humor that some of us like to engage in because there's that dark side of life, that painful side of life we see. And if we cried all the time, um, that wouldn't be very useful for us, wouldn't no. it? And we would be in trauma most of the time. So, you know, I'm a great believer in the power of laughter. Laughter actually releases endorphins in your bloodstream and helps flush cortisol, stress hormones from your bloodstream. So keep laughing, Tina. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's really all right. And, you know, when we come back from the break, don't touch that dial because we were going to talk about your children your work, your husband, and all of these awards you've won and these amazing things you've done in just four years as a nurse. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back for the second half of the Nurse Keith Show, episode 219. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. Mm 
And we're back. Thanks for hanging out here on episode 219 of the Nurse Keith Show. I am with Tina from Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Just before this, we were talking about the joys and challenges of podcasting and also the joys and challenges and the gallows humor of nursing and being a nurse in the 21st century. And Tina, you were regaling us with the story of how you tend to laugh at funerals, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I want to go me. to a funeral with you. I really do. So Well, I'm time. probably going to be like, you'll see me like my shoulders kind of shaking and, and then I'm like, oh, no, I can't make eye contact. I'm going to start laughing. That's embarrassing. Oh, I don't I don't like that about myself, but I I can't help it. And so I think sometimes sometimes I worry a little bit when I'm when I'm doing a like a bad nurse story and it gets kind of mm-hmm. dark. And I'll start laughing. And then I'll, as I'm editing back, I'm thinking, why was I laughing there? That wasn't funny. And I, I wonder how people take it. But so far, every, uh, that my listeners have been really sweet and they always say really nice things. But oh, uh, good. Well, you're releasing <laughs> tension. It's okay. And I have a request. You know, my wife loves to laugh. And when I die, would you come to my funeral? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Tina's going to come to my funeral and she's going to make sure to laugh. Okay, so (laughs) that would be really wonderful. So, all right, I will put that on my will that Tina from Good Nurse, Bad Nurse needs to be in the front row to lead everybody (laughs) in some highly inappropriate laughter. And I'll be (laughs) laughing along with you from the other side. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So I just want to talk a little bit about all of this stuff that you have accomplished in a relatively short time as a nurse, right? It's been four years, I believe, right? Since you became a nurse? Yes, I graduated in 2000. Well, I graduated in 2015 uh, with my associate's degree, and then I got my BSN in 2017. So yeah. Awesome. So I understand you have three boys, and the youngest is 14. And your husband helps with the website, and he's one of the people really supporting your show from the back end, so to speak. So what is your husband involved in music or audio or tech, or does she, he just happen to have skills in this particular area? He actually is a computer software engineer, computer programmer. He's lucky you. Yeah. He went to, to college way a long time ago to do that. And he, that's his job. And so as a kind of, hobby for him you know i guess he's for free offering his uh skills to me whereas normally it would no telling what it would cost for me to have somebody you know actually pay someone to do what he does tell me um, about it yeah. yeah so he he does that for me and i'm really very very fortunate to have him um for many reasons other than that one but definitely for that as far as this goes i would never I don't make any money doing uh, podcasting. I, we started a Patreon account to see if we could get any sort of revenue uh, coming in just to help pay some of the costs because it's a little bit expensive. But Oh, um, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really am thankful to have him. He's, he's my biggest cheerleader, I think. And Aww. so all the time just giving me ideas and yeah, he's awesome. That's lovely. And maybe someday one of your kids will be one of your co-hosts on the show. That would be fun. Yeah, my 14-year-old has has said that he wants to be on the show. So Yay. All right. I can't (laughs) wait for that. And I want to point out to anyone listening that 
Tina, you are amazing. So you graduated four years ago in 2015. You are unit council chair on the unit, the uh, progressive care unit. And then you're on the research council. You received a preceptorship award this year from you were actually voted as the best preceptor by new grad orientees. And then you received a nurse excellence award this year in 2019. And that was submitted by nurse managers and peers, right? And this recognized you for dedication, exceptional clinical practice, distinguished contributions to the nursing profession. And now you are in the midst of creating a, a production company because you're making a documentary film. Is that right? Yeah. So tell I, us about this. <laughs> I really want to know what you're up to because I think it's super cool. Yeah, I did. I just received the the Nurse Excellence Award. That was a huge honor. I'm so proud of it. I mm. I don't I don't. I, There's so many amazing nurses that I work with. I was a, I was very humbled to get it and very very proud of it. Um, it is an, a, a huge accomplishment. It. Um, mm-hmm. I work at a level one trauma center. There's about 1,500 nurses there, and I think that they nominated around 30. 30, 35 nurses, and then about, um, I want to say something like maybe 10 won the award, won that award only, and then about 15 won that award, and then also the region, the whole area of the state that I live in, where hospitals from all over this region, so those those nurses that won this the hospital award were nominated for that, and so about 15 of those nurses won for the region. And I won that one as well. And I just found that out um, this past Monday. Thank you. Great. I got nurses week. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, they, they waited to, to announce that on the beginning of, to kind of kick off nurses week. So that was really nice. And yeah, a huge honor. Well, the documentary, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, I haven't really started talking about it on my podcast yet. I want to eventually start it's, it's in production right now. I, Several years ago, when I first started working on the progressive care unit and started taking care of patients who had been IV drug users and then subsequently developed um, infections related to IV drug use, like endocarditis, osteomyelitis, cellulitis, those types of things, I was shocked at how incredibly sick these people are and how debilitating the disease is and how some of them are paralyzed from the waist down, paralyzed from mm. the neck down. They will develop abscesses like on their spine, and then that, that will cause paraplegia, quadriplegia. They will d- develop osteomyelitis, and then they're... I have just seen some absolutely horrifying, terrifying situations. Uh. And I never, before I went... Before I graduated from... I didn't even... Gra- even in nursing school, I don't remember under... you know understanding this or knowing about this. And I just thought people need to understand this, that this is a consequence. Yes, people can overdose and people overdose and die in their sleep or, you know, die as a result of taking drugs. But there is another part to IV drug use that is a slow, painful, torturous death. Oh, yes, absolutely. I've seen when I worked in Massachusetts, working with a lot of addicts, um, people with HIV and people with all sorts of comorbidities, including mental illness and addiction. I saw some abscesses that were absolutely outrageously gross and painful, you know, 
kind of, you know, when people would inject themselves in their, in their leg or in their arm or in their stomach or sometimes in their neck or their, between their toes. And I saw some pretty awful stuff happen. And I think bringing this to light is a really important thing, especially from the point of view of a nurse. And you have children, right? You've got three kids. Yes. And this must be close to home for you because your kids are living in a world where these risks exist, right? Yeah, so absolutely. It's scary for a parent, isn't it? Right. And I would tell them, you know, that and my other um, children are a little bit older. Uh, my, my youngest son is definitely at that age. But I would tell them there are there's a side to, 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 to doing drugs that you don't even know about. There's all the horrible things. There are all the things that you do know about that you're warned about. And mm-hmm. as, as if that isn't already bad enough, there is this whole other side. There was a, a patient that we took care of once who was, um, he was in his uh, early twenties. He had um, a defective um, valve, uh, heart valve, that had been, he had infective endocarditis and it had vegetation and it was not working anymore. He already had had it replaced once because it had become infected because of endocarditis, because of Mm. IV drug use. He had been doing drugs since he was like 11 or 12 years old. And he, this is his, once you have that surgery, this is a nationwide practice that's done among cardiothoracic surgeons that they will replace one valve but then if you continue to do drugs and you are infected again, they will not replace it again. They will not give you another valve because they basically you're in a, in a condition that you're not going to be able to receive another valve is, mm-hmm. is really uh, the situation. And so we did have this this young man. I worked all weekend that weekend and he he um, cried out all weekend long because it's so painful and there was no pain medication that would help him until he went to comfort measures. Um, and then you were no longer, you know, you're just giving enough pain medicine to just help him go to sleep basically oh, until sure. he passes right. and he passed away. Um, and so for three days, the staff had to hear him crying. He would cry for his mother. It was so sad. We, it, I, I just, I'll never forget that ever. And yeah. I, I wanted just a way to tell people. I wanted a way to educate. I wanted to get to that 12-year-old boy mm-hmm. before he made that decision and say, look at what could happen to you. Don't do this. Don't start taking prescription pills out of your parents' cabinet or your neighbor's, you know, your friend's mom's cabinet. Don't do that. When you do that, you're going to go down this whole road where it's there's no coming back from it. Yeah, slippery slope. And I've had friends who've lost children you know, in their 20s to overdoses. And it is a tragic moment in any family's life, especially when it's a young person who had so many years and so much potential that was unrealized. And, you know, in the midst of this opioid epidemic all over the country, and I guess all over the world too, but, you know, Obviously, you and I live in the United States, so we're focusing on this country and the problems here. The opioid epidemic touches everyone. I mean, there's really no one who's immune from the opioid epidemic in a certain sense, right? Many of us could go down that road. And, you know, for a long time, addiction's been seen as a moral issue. You know, it's a character flaw, it's a failing of personality or parenting. And, 
the disease model of addiction has gained a lot of ground. And sometimes it's hard to be compassionate for a person you love or respect or care about who's addicted and you just want them to change. Right. And it is a painful place to be when you're, when you're stuck in that sort of cycle of addiction in your family or in your circle of friends. So I'm sure this hits home for you with your, you and your children, you know, you and your husband must, must talk about this stuff because you're in the midst of this documentary. And I'm curious, what kind of medical providers are you talking with in the documentary? You know, what are you covering in terms of the, the healthcare aspects of addiction and IV drug use specifically? Sure. Yeah. We have a cardiothoracic surgeon um, is, has been interviewed. We have an infectious disease um, physician that can discuss the infection, you know, part of it. Uh, We have a nurse manager on a cardiac step down unit that sees a lot of these patients um, for the endocarditis. We have a nurse who also work, takes care of a lot of these, these patients. I'm going to be interviewed just telling my, my side of it. And then we have, well, and as far as the, that whole side of it, they are going to be talking about the impact of injecting something into your veins that is not something that was intended to be injected into veins because things that are like medications that Mm -hmm. we use to put into people like at the hospital, those things are sterilized. They go through a process to remove any kind of bacteria or anything that would hurt you. And these drugs that are on the streets or people crushing Mm -hmm. up pills and then mix it with tap water or mixing it with whatever they they mix it with and then inject it. It's not sterile. There's I don't care how careful you are. You there's a back. There is bacteria in the tap water that they're mixing it with. There's it does. And a lot of people think, oh, as long as I use a clean needle. Right. Well, it's good to use clean needles. I don't want you using dirty needles. I definitely don't want you sharing needles with other people. That helps with hepatitis hepatitis C um, and AIDS, but you can't just go injecting these substances into your veins, the, this, you know, heroin or meth or whatever that's mixed by these people in their houses. You can't do that. That's Mm going to, that's what, that's where the, many times the infection is coming from. It's not even coming from the needles. It's coming from the substance itself. Right. Even tap water. I mean, injecting tap water, you don't know. (laughs) I mean, there's, I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because it's, it's, it's frightening. It's a frightening thing. Yeah. And tap water is not sterile. You, it no, has no. bacteria in <laughs> it. it. We, our bodies are in our GI system can handle it, but our venous system cannot. Right. It's, Cause where does the venous system lead to? It leads to the heart. Yes. And that's where, like you were talking about this, uh, valve infection, you know? Right. So that's one of the consequences. And I understand from your bio that you sent me that you have a production company who agreed to do the project pro bono and they're already filming interviews. Yes, they are. The, and wow. This, this company is so amazing. I'm so thankful for them. That's fantastic. Um, big Slate Media. And they, I, I was going to do this as just like my own, you know, just kind of like I want to do a podcast. So I just made a podcast, you know, um, I was just going to make a documentary myself. No telling what that would have looked like, but I was just determined. I just wanted to know that I did it and put it out there and be like, here you go. Public service announcement. I, for my own, uh, peace of mind, I know I tried to tell people this company, uh, one of the nurses that I work with, her 
uh, boyfriend is he owns this company and she was just talking to him about it. And, and he said, I've been wanting to find a project that I could do to just get, you know, give back. And Aww. he just took it on. I know I, I'm so thankful because they are going to, they're making this just bigger and better than anything I could have ever imagined. Aww. So I'm so That's excited fantastic. about it. And it's com, right? Yeah, Big Slate Media. Yeah, and... I'm looking at their website right now. We will have mm -hmm. that in the show notes because we want to give them a plug. Absolutely. And make sure people know about Big Slate Media and the other stuff that they do. So I'm making that, I'm putting that in the show notes right now so we can make sure that we, um, that we get that information out there because it's so important. So before we wrap up, Tina, I just want to ask you a personal question. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing this documentary about a really intense subject. You do this podcast about, you know, funny and heartwarming things, but also the dark side, the the tough stuff that happens out in the world. You've got kids, you got a husband, you have a full-time job. <laughs> um, other than that, you don't really do much, I have to say. You know, you're not really, you know, don't have a very full life, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. So what are some of the things that bring you joy in your life? And it can be anything, personal, professional, it doesn't matter. But what brings you joy and what do you do for yourself to balance out all the work that you do in the world and the parenting and making money and paying bills? Like, how do you have fun? How do you, how do you enjoy yourself in your life out there? Yeah, well, I love to go to movies. Um, in fact, okay. I'm going to be going going to the movies tonight with a friend of mine. We're going to go see Hustle that's coming out All right. today. Okay. And I love books. I that's my I guess books and movie are probably my two biggest escape. But books mm -hmm. um, and podcasts, I listen to them. Like I I have an uh, account with Audible, and I just get lost in books all the time. I'm listening to uh, the the book Alexander Hamilton right now by. Um, by the Rob Chernoff, he this book uh, Hamilton is has been made into a play, uh, a Broadway play in New York City, and mm -hmm. um, we just went and saw him speak um, the other night, and I was like, I want to read this book, and so I'm listening to it right now, and it's really good. So that's Are me. That's what about I like Hamilton, to do. Hamilton, the 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 musical. The musical, yes, and it's yeah. kind of like got all the. It's got some hip hop in it and everything, and this. Yeah, of course. This it's this guy is amazing, and I love that. In his little talk, he that he gave, he did some of the rap that that's in that play and that in the musical, and he's this, um, you know, like I, I guess he's probably in his sixties. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's got like white hair, and that's great. Um, he does this rap, and it's so awesome. Like the whole crowd just went crazy because oh, it was just fun. wonderful. It's like um, Bernie Sanders doing a rap, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's that's just great. the greatest thing ever, and. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I do. I I like to mm -hmm. I like to escape completely, get out of this world totally. Good, you hear that? Any listener, you're listening out there, and you're stressed out. Take Tina's advice: read a book, go to a movie, listen to a book, watch a play. And I just want to point out my very good friend John Patrick Walker. He plays King George the Third in the traveling troupe of Hamilton. They travel what? around the country. Yeah, and his Instagram is amazing. It's John Patrick Walker on Instagram and it's J-O-N, not J-O-H-N, John Patrick Walker. And he actually does these little Instagram videos of King George. He's in character as King George. He is really fantastic as King George and Hamilton. They're currently in San Antonio 
at this moment when we're recording this um, in May of 2019. So anyway, yeah, so you definitely might want to check out John. So those are the ways that you take care of yourself. And I hope you sleep and um, get some rest too amidst all the stuff you do. A little bit. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Uh, Every now and then. Every now and then. Okay. So Tina, when people want to find you, they can email you at Tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. And obviously the website where all the podcast stuff happens and they can find it is goodnursebadnurse.com. On Facebook, it's GNBN podcast. And then on Instagram, it is goodnursebadnurse, right? And then on Twitter, it's GNBN podcast. Those links will all be in the show notes. Please give a shout out to Tina. Please review and rate the podcast. That'll really help her out. And you're on iTunes, I'm sure, right, Tina? Yes, I'm on all the platforms. So please listen to Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Please, please, please. And leave her a rating review. Leave her review on Facebook, on iTunes. It really helps new podcasters. I'm going to do the same. And I want you to do so as well. So thank you so much, Tina. You are so amazing. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's uh, such a pleasure. (laughs) This was fun. This is awesome. Yay, yay. So there you have it. Thank you for listening to the Nurse Keith Show. And remember the show notes for this episode and to find out everything you want to know about Tina and Good Nurse, Bad Nurse is at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 219. Oh my gosh, 219. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered and entertained from this episode. And I want you to keep taking inspired action in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction and happiness. And did you know there are job listings and other resources at nursekeith.com. That's right. Go to the homepage, click on resources, look at the drop down. You'll see jobs from Reload, jobs from ZipRecruiter, a free search engine for finding the best medical information you can at openmd.com. There's plenty there. Please check it out. See how it can help you have the life and career you want. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com. And Mark Cappiespeason is our personal social media ringmaster. Please tune in again and again as we continue to explore how to powerfully elevate your life and career into your very own personal and professional stratosphere. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. And this is Nurse Keith saying adios until next time from beautiful, sunny, and summery. Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm out.